Listener Production. Table for six? Uh, might be around 20, 25 minutes. Oh, wait, no, a booth has just opened up. Right this way for Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. It most certainly is. A big happy Thursday to you. Uh, joined by myself, Alex Dyson, and the latest backup singer for the DMAs, it's Matt O'Kine <laughs> joining uh, us as well. Shay lad, what's up? <laughs> that, is a very, that is a very DMAs, uh, I'd say windbreaker you've got on there. I absolutely do, yeah. Um, got got sent to me, so I thought I'd just whack, whack it on. Do you actually know why I'm wearing this, right? Mm. I'm not going to lie. We've talked about spillages before because I'm going out for sushi after this and I'm very wary of the splashback uh, from the soy hitting my white tea. So I figured I'd... Uh, it's not just a windbreaker, my mate. It's a soy breaker <laughs> uh, with the added protection of looking uh, fully... Scucks? Nah, skucks is an old word. What's the new one? Right, Sarah wouldn't be called caught dead using skucks. <laughs> no, no. Um, you're looking drippy, man. So thank you That's for joining it. us. A very, very big show today. Not only do we have Mind Blown doing what it says on the box to your craniums, uh, we're also going to be chatting to a really interesting person who has put together a TV series called Unheard. There are six episodes of which I've checked them all out and it is a very tough watch because the issues are so important and so timely um, and they don't shy away from the mats um, it's going to be a really interesting chat because um, part of this podcast is actually on the show as well yeah absolutely look I'm really excited to get into uh, that discussion a little bit later on see what happens when Lad Bible and Amazon team up to fight some of the uh, issues that the socio political issues that the world faces um, but let's jump into it, hey? Yes, yeah, a big political issues coming out of New Zealand. So why don't we start there before getting nice and serious, man? Oh, yes. Yeah, very controversial yeah. one. This is it. All day breakfast. G'day. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Yes, not since Taylor for Hottest 100 has a publicly voted poll descended into such controversy, Matt O'Kine as to what's been happening in New Zealand's Bird of the Year poll for 2021. That's right. I mean, let's imagine all of the New Zealand birds are, um, they're just your regular European countries, all right? Suddenly, imagine it's Eurovision, suddenly an Australia comes in. Everyone's going, what, what, what's this entrant doing? Well, that's what's happening with the uh, Bird of the Year competition in New Zealand currently. Uh, New Zealand's Bird of the Year. It's been hit with uh, some controversy because a species of native bat was granted entry into the polls. I don't, I don't recall being taught in school that bats were birds, Alex Dyson. No, I mean, they fly, they flap, um, they sometimes eat fruit, um, but unlike birds, they suck blood sometimes. <laughs> I think one. <laughs> I don't think the New Zealand one is. Do, do is any bats blood actually sucker. suck blood? <laughs> But, um, yeah, they've included it in. I um, I think it's because it's such a lonely thing. Like, because there's only one bat, I mean, it would be an absolutely pointless to run New Zealand's favourite bat uh, poll because it um, just be running by itself every single year. I mean, if you're going to let it into a particular popularity contest, this is probably the one that you'd, you'd go for. Um, 
But it's particularly controversial, not just because, like, oh, let's give him a go, pop it in there. It's because, from all reports, the bat is winning. Well, look, I'm just reading up about vampire bats, to be honest, <laughs> and uh, apparently vampire bats only eat blood. Um, they'll approach an animal like a chicken or a sleeping cow and with heat sensors near their nose, they find a spot on the animal where blood is near the surface. Yeah, that is spooky. We might save it. We'll save that for tomorrow. We'll save that for tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we've got a very special show for you tomorrow in the lead up to a very spooky spot on the calendar. Yeah, so, but let's uh, get into this controversy because <laughs> okay. um, uh, the shock newcomer is the long-tailed bat or the peka peka turoa. The long-tailed bat is categorised as critically endangered nationwide in New Zealand the first time a native land mammal has been included in this competition, which has been going for 16 years and uh, more than 33,000 votes have been cast so far. Voting doesn't close until Sunday, so there is a chance for the second currently the carryover champion, the kakapo, the large flightless parrot, which is very cool in New Zealand. Um, mm. Took it out last year. It could be back in the running again. But now nah, the bat getting some uh, getting some love from uh, from NZ. Imagine uh, imagine if the bat wins that competition. They'll be oh. up all night partying. They'll be um, <laughs> hanging from the ceilings <laughs> should the bat come out on top. <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> Um, but look, Australia has its own bird of the year competition. I remember when didn't the Ibis win a couple yeah, of years ago? Ibis has won it. Magpies won it. I was. It happened re- really recently, actually. The yeah. um, the superb fairy wren won it this year. Until its victory was known as the fairy wren, um, <laughs> but after everyone saw how popular it was, had the uh, adjective added. So fairy wren's very very good. Um, do you reckon they'll get the Aussie bats having a go? I mean, could you get? Could you get a flying fox in there potentially? I mean, if you if you start putting bats in, it won't be long till the the sugar glider gets a look in for the Australian oh, bird well, of the year. <laughs> it might might as well, I reckon. I mean, it's a slippery slope, Matt. We start letting these these ones in. <laughs> Next thing you go, sugar gliders coming into it. Then it's cicadas, <laughs> and then it's bedlam. <laughs> So I don't know about it. I'm, you know, you know, I'm, I'm conservative when it comes to a bird of the year poll, don't you? You know, I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, you're a traditionalist. Uh, only the only birds you care about are the ones that were seen on Egyptian hieroglyphics. That's how traditional you are. The only birds allowed in the bird of the year are the ones that Noah put on his ark. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> all right. But anyway, um, good luck to to all of the New Zealand's birds and one bat as they vie for um, the big, big prize. Voting closes Sunday if you want to get in. Just reminded me of when the um, when the duck won the chicken comp. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, the bird comp. They say no harm, no foul, but oh, emphasis on the no foul. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. Yeah, look, if you are travelling to New Zealand for a little bit of bird watching and your ornithologist mates point up and go, oh, there's a good one, and you see a bat flapping away, that could be a little bit of a culture shock for heading over the ditch. And uh, we did mention a couple of culture shocks on the show yesterday, Matt O'Kine. Yeah, that's right. So we asked you, what little, uh, what beautiful differences did you notice uh, when you've been travelling, mainly overseas? There are some big, you know, cultural differences that we have here in Australia. For instance, I didn't know what 
getting dinked was. <laughs> you didn't know what getting dinked was on the bike? No, I never heard, I'd never heard of that until I worked with you. <laughs> it's some weird Victorian thing. I didn't know that. Even someone a dink. I was the same yeah. with um, a flannel. Had no idea a flannel was a face washer at all. Really? Yeah, well, look, so there's, you know, there's the Nico pen, <laughs> there's the Refidex. Uh, people didn't know what a Refidex was until I realised that it was a brand of street directory. Ah. Oh. I thought everyone called it the Refidex, but it's the Queensland, it used to be the Queensland street directory. Anyways, <laughs> so asking you, culture shocks, little uh, little beautiful differences that we have, that you've noticed when you've gone travelling. Absolutely. And, and um, we've got a voice message here from Mitch. You know how we in Australia say, how you going? Yeah, good, thanks. In England... They're like, you're right, mate. Like, that's their way of saying, how you going? But when I first moved there, I didn't realise that was the case. So when someone goes, here, you're right, mate. It's kind of like they're having a go at you. So I passively said, yeah, I'm right. What's What business is it of yours, champion? He goes, right, you want to make something of it, do you? And I, all he was doing was just saying hello. It was a pretty awkward exchange. And then I said, why would you ask if I'm right for? He said, well, how do you greet people? Oh, I felt like a duffer. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's a big wide world out there outside of Curry Curry. <laughs> Mitch from Curry Curry, always a pleasure to hear from him. That makes so much sense, dude, because there's a guy in this building who I see all the time and he says, you're right, mate, and I think he's being a little bit condescending, but he's not. You're right. Yeah. I've always been like, man, what did I do to that guy? Like, why, does he, why is he so yeah. just, like, cranky with me? All right, thank gosh, Mitch. Okay, you've really opened my eyes. I'm going to be really friendly next time. Uh, we've also got Sarah from Melbourne on the phone. G'day, Sarah. Hey, guys. How are you going? So good. Thank you, Sarah. You right? I'm good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you right, mate? Oh, <laughs> is that, you, you had a bit of an interesting one in the UK as well. It can be a tricky place to negotiate. Yeah, no, it was it was the same when I lived over there and people were saying, you're right? And I was like, oh, okay. But no, I, I worked in a pub and... Uh, um, just this night, it was a bad night and I was just cranky and I was just pissed off at everything. And one of my colleagues came to me and he goes, oh, you, you, you okay? And I said, oh yeah, I've just got the shits. And I saw him physically recoil from me and he goes, oh, do you, do you need to go home or something? I said, no, I don't need to go home. I've just got the shits. All right. He's like, oh, <laughs> he thought I literally had... Handed you the bucket <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the paper towel, the serviettes. Yeah. At yeah. what point was the misunderstanding <laughs> sorted out, Sarah? Not until, like, way after the shift. I just kind of cracked it and kept on going. And later he's like, yeah, you were, you were okay? I was like, yeah, mate. I was just, I was really pissed off tonight. He said, oh, but you, you had the shits. And I was like... Oh, no. No, 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 no. You were a real trooper. Like, that's going on. You're still <laughs> yeah, doing the glasses. Exactly. You're still serving some you. beers. <laughs> oh, Sarah, thank you very much for that. We'll catch you next time. No worries, guys. Bye. And remember, if you've ever got a story, please get in touch with us, matt.and.alex on Instagram. All day breakfast. No, 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 mind blown. After we talked about bats before, I thought I'd do a little bat-themed intro into the 
to some mind-blowing facts for you. Yeah, it's absolutely right, Matt. Uh, You are a superhero when it does come to facts and that's why every week we do like you to dip into the the old trivia night (laughs) jar. Chess. See what you can uh, bring out for us, which can hopefully impress us so much that our uh, brainstem ends up on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) That's disgusting. Um, But... (laughs) I am also aware that if I don't do my job well enough, you will uh, give me a mild groan. Yeah, it's happened before. It'll happen again. It's the trivia equivalent of a Razzie. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And I do not want to be the Tom Green of this year. So there's a bit of an old one. Or going for Batman, Uh, the Catwoman. I believe Halle Berry turned up to accept the award in person (laughs) for worst film. So here we go. Mind blown. Fact number one. You know the US Supreme Court, Alex Dyson? Heard of it. Yep, okay. Top floor of the US Supreme Court is a basketball court. Its nickname is the highest court in the land. What, for real? Yeah. It's like an actual basketball court above the Supreme Court. You're not allowed to play during court sessions. (laughs) (laughs) They can hear the bouncing and the squeaking of the sneakers. That is quite funny because I'm just picturing the people in their robes. Running around. <laughs> Pass it to me, Wilfred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's so but, weird. Uh, yeah, they, they made it into a gym back in the 40s. Right. Um, and, and then they decided to put up hoops and <laughs> it's just a thing now. It's, there's very much some rules around it. You, yeah, you absolutely cannot play on court days. Obviously, it's invite only. You can't just roll up with your, with your crew going, yo, man, three on three, you know, like chucking the ball around. Um, next up, what else you got? <laughs> all right, all right. The longest intervals between twins being born, 90 days apart. Mind blown. Yep. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> One was born at 23 weeks, miraculously survived. I mean, it was, it was in the middle of the, it was in the 90s, so um, the technologies has changed to improve survival rates at that early. But, um, but, yeah, it was still a very tough slog for the baby to get through to survive, but they did. And then uh, 90 days later, the other twin born. Which, which hung out in the, in the womb. Yeah. 90 days later. I'll tell you what, probably had a solid stretch. You oh, know? man. <laughs> I mean, I get annoyed when we're going, me and Woods are going for a walk in the morning, right? We go, all right, good to go. I walk out next to the elevator. I'm waiting there for like four minutes while she <laughs> fiddles around with something inside before we go down. I can't imagine waiting there for 90 days for them to rock up. <laughs> Mate, try getting cereal in in from the kitchen when Belle's in there doing whatever she wants to do. She's making a smoothie. She's like, get get out of here, move, <laughs> move. So yeah, I would be that twin who'd be out at twenty three weeks. I'd get kicked out by Belle. Goodness All right, um, and fact number three. Here we go. You know, Cookie Monster. Heard of him? Real name is Sid Weisenheimer. Cookie Monster's real name is Sid. Weisenheimer. Yeah. Uh, Mild. Mild. Grown. Grown. Oh, what? Did you know that? It doesn't blow my mind. (laughs) It doesn't blow my mind. What? As soon as I read that, I was like, oh, never occurred to me that he has a real name. Yeah, exactly. That's a mild response. (laughs) (laughs) Not, are you kidding me? (laughs) Um, But why is he, why is he get that? I mean, 
how does well? It's obvious how he got his nickname, Alex. Come on, <laughs> the guy can't put down I'm a bloody biscuit. I guess his parents gave him his, um, his maiden name. <laughs> yes, that... Daddy Monster and Mummy Monster gave him the nickname. Whoa, 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 Daddy Weisenheim and Mummy Weisenheim gave him the name. That's true. Probably the the big kids at school gave him the nickname Cookie Monster. <laughs> and boy, it never occurred to me that. Absolute turmoil the Cookie Monster could have gone through. Yeah, that would be. I mean, that's one of those hey, ones. You Cookie Monster, <laughs> you have another cookie. Oh, actually, oh no, wait, no. They, they did the Grouch, didn't they, on um, on Saturday Night Live? Oh, they didn't want him to. Oh, the origin stories of yeah, of, the of origin grouch. of the Grouch. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right. Well, we always ask you on at matt.n.alex uh, to provide us with some mind-blowing facts so you can blow our domes. And as always, you did not fail us. Let's have a listen to a mind-blowing fact from Kieran. In response to Matt's mind-blowing Amazon River fact, my mind-blowing Amazon River fact is there is no bridges over the entire length of the Amazon River. Mind blown. Not a yeah. single bridge. Yeah, that sucks. At all? <laughs> Where does it start? Like you'd think that they... Yeah. How do you... It's a boat over every single time. Does the Amazon divide countries? Is that why? No, it's through Brazil. But you would have thought at one point someone's like, oh, I'm sick of taking the boat. Can we just build a bridge over this, please? Yeah, I can't believe this. Probably try making their bridge pylons out of meat and the piranhas keep... <laughs> <laughs> Not a doubt. Well, these cow legs should hold this thing up. <laughs> yep, that cabana stick's not going anywhere. <laughs> right, here's another mind-blowing right. fact from Hannah. It's Hannah from Perth here. My mind-blowing fact is, did you know that moose can swim? They can dive up to around five metres deep for food and because they can swim, their only marine predator is the orca. So I thought that was a pretty mind-blowing fact and I hope you guys enjoy it. Mind blown. Oh, oh mate, right. come on. I, that wasn't my mind-blowing. I had the mouse over a mild groan there, Hannah. You were very, very close to getting the groan, but the image of a moose fighting an orca, um, that <laughs> won it back for me. That blew my mind, having <laughs> having a moose v orca fight. For me, it was the five metres. Like, yeah. that's deep. Like, I've tried to go five metres and it's <laughs> it's way deeper than you think. Imagine scuba diving where you turn your left and there's a moose. <laughs> <laughs> That would be wild. Okay, uh, what about this one from Nick? Got a mind-blowing fact for you, see? The jam inside hot jam donuts is not jam. It's apple sauce coloured red. Sorry, Nick. The old recipe. Yeah, look. Hot jam donut is apple sauce. You can have apple jam. Oh, is that what you're saying? Well, well, jam, what is jam if not sugared fruit? Yeah, look, I'm reading it on thingy. Look, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not, I'm not that interested in that. Also, I do <laughs> believe that some jam donuts would be filled with jam. Yeah, you know, like some might. people who go at home make them at home mm. wouldn't be making them with apple sauce. Mm. So, unfortunately, um, unlike a jam donut, the goo is not flying out of our minds for that particular fact, Nick. So, apologies for that. That's what you, that's what happens on the mind blown gauntlet. The risk you've got you to take. run it. You've got to run you know? it. But knowledge is the prize at the end. And whether you do have a mind blown or you do have a mild groan, I think you learn either way. 
Yeah, that's right. So send us your mind-blowing facts at matt.n.alex on Instagram. We'd love to see which button you hit. Hey there, before we jump into the next conversation, just wanted to give you a little heads up that it gets a little bit intense. Uh, We cover some pretty sensitive and serious issues in Australia, including racism and racist attacks. And there are some themes of suicide in there as well. So whilst it's very important to talk about, we understand if you're not in a position to listen to that today. So feel free to skip over. And remember, always, Lifeline is available, 131114. Well, our next guest, Alex Dyson, is part of an organisation that most are probably familiar with in an online capacity, uh, showing lighthearted, sometimes silly, sometimes very funny, humorous videos. There's a great online presence for it. The brand is called Lad Bible, and they've taken a real right-hand turn with this latest production that is coming out at the moment, teamed up with Amazon Prime, and it is all about an in-your-face look at racism and the effects that it has on the community and cultures around Australia. Joined with us is the creator, producer, and man behind that production. His name is Sean Devendran, and he's here for us now. Welcome to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. G'day, Sean. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you very much for uh, jumping on. Uh, but as Matt mentioned, it's right, it is a bit of a uh, departure from a couple of the videos that I've given the old thumbs up to over the year. Some lad carrying pints back to the bar, a very good effort. Can you tell us how Lad Bible came to be producing such a series before we get into the uh, the nitty gritty as to what it's all about, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Lad Bible have a bit of a Spider-Man-esque uh, slogan that we live by, which is with great social power comes great social responsibility. So Lad Bible Australia, we reach over half a billion people worldwide. Uh, Lad Bible Group is a whole worldwide reach approaching a billion people now as an audience. Oh, my goodness. And so being able to engage that audience to really kind of uh, address some of the issues mm. that we know our audience care about that's the main driver behind this. Sean, there's a lot of social responsibility here. Why aren't you doing what you should be doing with these large products, and that is building a rocket and going to space? Yeah. Why are you focusing <laughs> on helping people and the environment? What? Is, why can't you be joyriding and doing a little loop-de-loop? Well, I, I reckon Musk has got that covered, so, you know, we're going to explore other areas, I guess. Look, let's talk about the first episode. I mean, you jump into Unheard in a pretty confronting manner when you're looking at um, Indigenous deaths in custody. Not only do you, you know, detail some of the situations that happen, but I mean, there's footage of of some of these moments that really jump out to the viewer. Talk to me about what you learned putting together a show like this about the situations that Indigenous people are facing when it comes to their protection in places like custody. It was a long road to kind of get here and discover the issues. And one of the key things that we noticed in in 2020 was that thousands and thousands of Australians were taken to the streets, uh, demanding better coverage on issues of racial injustice in Australia. Uh, And it raised a very good question. Why is it that most of Australia know the name George Floyd, uh, but not many know the names David Dungay Jr. and TJ Hickey? And that's when we started to build out the documentary series and build out to six half-hour episodes that address Indigenous deaths in custody, attacks towards um, Muslim women, attacks towards the Asian community during COVID, uh, vilification of the African community, the treatment of asylum seekers and refugees, and the targeting of Indigenous youth. So, you know, there's, there's some core issues there that, that needed to be addressed, and we saw that. So, I mean, one of the things that worries me when documentaries like this 
come out is that it's only going to be watched by people who are already aware of the problem. And I mean, part of me wonders, because it's, it's, it's all so, like, it's such a serious topic, you know. Did you get any joy from making this at all? Were there any fun moments that sort of popped out at you that stick in your mind? You know, I think what was common across all the participants that were involved is, and, and some of these people have been fighting the, these causes for years, sometimes in, in some cases decades, is the, the hope. And I think that was the inspiring part of it. You mentioned vilification of the African community. What, what are some instances that jumped out at you then? Well, I, what we've gone through in each of those episodes is, is looking at Indigenous deaths in custody, for example, or looking at assaults of the Asian community and some, some really serious incidents. Uh, and I think, you know, the conversation that we had a little while back, Matt, what we, we kind of recognised is the, the everyday racism and the impact that has specifically on, on you know, mental health and, and how that leads into the development into adulthood. Uh, and so what, what started me off on developing that episode on vilification of the African community was looking at that one incident of a young man who was uh, attacked by several classmates uh, in what they were calling the George Floyd Challenge. And, you know, the video footage that we were able to source there, we saw, you know, 10 or 12 boys jumping on uh, a, a young man of African background, uh, beating on him and then using the N-word repeatedly. Um, and, you know, almost those students were were influenced by seeing the footage of George Floyd being attacked and how s- somehow that became like a social viral challenge. So, so looking into that particular story, we were able to meet with two young men with African backgrounds, African-Australian, and um, talking about their experiences and what they'd gone through. That kind of speaks to, you know, you, we see these traumatic events, but also, you know, when we look down at a granular level, how individuals are being impacted by this kind of behaviour. You get, you really do get the sense watching this documentary. There are there are two distinct elements. There's often the footage of someone being attacked or vilified by a outraged or rude or violent person, and then on the other side of that, you have the leaders in Australia, the politicians, senators, the media, making comments. How do you balance up those words with those actions and what kind of link do you think can be made between those two things? I think one of the main things is making sure the way that the media are portraying certain communities is factual. I think what we speak to largely is how individuals, you know, view themselves or, or view their communities through news and then almost become ashamed of their own background because of that. You know, this stems from political rhetoric as well as media, what we need to do is really be responsible for the words that we use when it's going out there because it is impacting young lives. Well, you mentioned one of those and um, my wonderful co-host Matt O'Kine does make an appearance with some audio that was first broadcast on this particular podcast of his own experience of, of racism and how it affected him as a young person in his own life. Um, when did you first hear that and how did, you, um, how did that make you feel, that particular story, and, and what led you to put it into this documentary? Yeah, well, when I heard uh, Matt's uh, award-winning podcast on that particular issue... <laughs> yeah, I, I only go by award-winning <laughs> by, by now, okay, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, but it really resonated with me, you know, coming from a mixed-race mixed background, you know, I, I absolutely felt that and growing up, you know, feeling ashamed of, of my non-Anglo uh, side of my heritage... And, you know, I felt like 
there was a reason why why Matt's podcast was so widely recognised is because I felt a lot of Australians uh, that, that perhaps don't appear white would feel that same way. But to understand that there are other people out there going through that, you know, there's there's strength in that, absolutely. And so that's why it was so important to include it. Yeah, it's really confronting viewing, but it's really essential viewing, unheard. The six-part docuseries is out tomorrow on Amazon Prime Video. Um, I would love to get your thoughts on how we start moving out of this. I get so annoyed seeing these massive issues that you just want to fix immediately, but with such intricately ingrained problems, the fix can be very, very difficult to find. What is what is something that maybe someone could do listening right now or any other advice that you would say that can help get this um, problem fixed as quickly as humanly possible? Uh, I, I don't think there's an, an overnight fix, but I think, you know, Jenny Leong, uh, she, she put it really well, is that we've reached a stage where we, we just need to tell the stories uh, and make people sit uncomfortably with them for a while. You know, what we've done with each of the episodes is direct the audience, and, and it's not just an Australian audience. We're going worldwide with this, and that's why it's so important. Amazing stuff. Well, look, John Devendran, thank you very much for joining us. I'm Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We really, really appreciate it. Congrats on the release of Unheard. You can catch it on Amazon Prime Video, so check it out. And, uh, Sham, we will catch you next time. Awesome. Thank you, guys. All Day Breakfast. Yes, that brings us to the end of an episode of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast for Your Ears. One more to go for the week, Matt O'Kine. And as mentioned, things are going to get a little bit spooky. Yeah, that's right. It is our Halloween special tomorrow and we want to hear your spookiest story. Send them in at matt.n.alex on our Instagram page. You might have joined us this time last year um, for a Halloween episode. It was a lot of fun and particularly stupid. And so we thought, why not uh, dust off the cobwebs off of our cobwebs? Put the cobwebs and- <laughs> back up. Sorry, Thank you yeah. very much. <laughs> And um, get back into it. And uh, before we do, for a big spooky episode tomorrow, we would love to hear from you. Last year, we asked you for your spookiest two-sentence stories. Uh, So it could be about anything. Um, We will give you an example of the ones that we used last year to uh, just to reinvigorate your mind and to re-spook your soul. Yeah, there's a really interesting subreddit of two-sentence horror stories and uh, Matt and I gave you a couple of... gave you a couple of freighters last year. I was so excited to get my first lollipop, I took off the wrapper and gave it a big lick. I didn't expect it to lick me back. (laughs) The boy opened his report card to see his teacher had given him bees. One stung him. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you would like to submit your own, uh, we are going to be scaring the pants off you tomorrow with our two-sentence horror stories and more. So it should be a, a good, fun... Halloween time on Matt and Alex all day breakfast for a big Friday for a big end to the week, Matt. Can't wait for it. We'll see you then. Ta-ta. That's it. The all day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. 
Listener.